We are the kings of catch. You're listening to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Aspen Faith, Lewis Garvin, thank you very much for joining me. How are you doing today? Yeah, pretty good today. I'm uh, on a good mood. Good mood. All right. Uh, good stuff, good stuff. Thanks very much for joining us. I'm just going to go straight in and ask a few questions, if that's all right for you guys. Okay, yeah. man. Good stuff. Now, we've done a show in the past. And it was based on why we love wrestling and why, like, what gave us the passion and to follow as a fan. And I'm interested to know from both of you, why is it that you love wrestling? I love wrestling first and foremost because I'm attention hungry, mm-hmm. have a massive ego, really like, no. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know, I think it was like, growing up I had lots of friends who were like, they played instruments or you know, they, they were good at acting or you know, like they were good athletes or whatever it might be and I kind of never really had something that I kind of felt like I was good at, it was kind of my thing, I always kind of felt like I was just following on whatever they were doing. So finding wrestling in it so quickly becoming a passion and then when I started doing it and I kind of felt like this was the first thing in my entire life I felt like I took to mm-hmm. as naturally as you can do with wrestling. So. To have something that I really felt like I had something of a talent for and that I was really passionate about, my kind of love for it's really just spawned from there. Good stuff. How about you, yourself, Aspen? Pretty similar, to be honest. Like, I used to, I used to, like, skateboard and stuff, but I was never great at it, but I really enjoyed, like, watching it and watching other people do it. Um, to an extent, I was alright, but wrestling, it's always been the, the, the major thing that I've been into. Mm-hmm. And when I started training, Immediately, I was picking up things really quickly, and I realised, okay, I've never done a sport in my life. I've never been in any sports, but this no. this is the only thing I can I can really do, and it's just it's just went from there. Like, plus, you know, I like mucking about in my pants, so yeah, fair. <laughs> so why don't do it professionally? Exactly. I get paid to do it. If you're gonna be like half dressed. <laughs> By the way, I mean, because you both started training at such a young age. Um, well, not me. Really? How old do you think I am? Oh, no, you're putting me on the spot now. No, nah, cool. With the So, how old? So, Lewis is how old? Let him guess. How oh, old do you think I am? Yeah, I think you're 24. He's not far off. I'm 23. 23. So, right. how old do you think I am? Right, I'm going to say 26. No. How old are you? 28. 28? Almost 29. Almost 29. So, I started training when I was 21. Yeah. It's not young. It's not really compared to I was thirteen when I started. Yeah. So to anyone listening, twenty one's a much better age to start because oh, you're not 100%, like an like, idiotic kid who I kinda sum it up by going I made every mistake you can make in wrestling, but thankfully I was so young I could kinda just write it off as being an idiot teenager. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I kinda I could have probably started training when I was fifteen, sixteen, but I did the sensible thing of going to college and getting all my right, qualifications well, yeah. before I did that too but well, you, but you're, you've only just like finished your uni for example yeah. I did got everything out of the way and then started training <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it was well, both different directions really but it's quite amazing how you've everything's like all come together and like now you yeah. guys are touring around mm-hmm. to like up and down the country and stuff and just doing amazing things really and facing off against great great people that people like what something I'll come on to like you're facing off against 
people like whenever I interview people, people mention like whenever I ask what's your dream match, and then we say these and these, and you've faced them already. Mm, yeah, and no, it's like we have been like extremely fortunate in a relatively short amount of time. Like mm-hmm. we have had a lot of like kind of big marquee matches, which has been really cool. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a testament to the fact of you know combination of Aspen and I kind of had a lot to offer individually when we kind of put our talents together. And we kind of filled a gap as well. It was like there really wasn't a wealth of, you know, proper full-time tag teams mm-hmm. in Scotland like, or the like UK. Two guys who wrestle similar, look similar, have matching gear. Uh, even like just the the style of wrestling that we do, there wasn't really a team like that mm-hmm. in Scotland, really. Uh, okay, actually, um, yeah. Like the American Indies is like filled with teams like us, mm-hmm. but yeah. in the UK. But over here we look innovative as hell, you know, everyone's like, they're amazing, they're coming up with all this stuff, it's like, nah, so, yeah. we're watching our PWG tapes from 2011. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> no, that was a great insight there into like how it all came about, so just moving on slightly, like how long have you been tagging together and how was it that the Kings of Catch came about? October 2016 was our first time So two, two years Yeah, coming up into Before that, in like the year Like literally the year leading up to us becoming a team mm-hmm. We were in a feud Oh really? In <laughs> um, two, well in Discovery well, we did funny, some stuff Yeah, because it was like we wrestle like, Wrestles owned the company that Aspen trained with And it's kind of like his home promotion We had like an ongoing thing there Where we wrestled numerous times in various different scenarios but it was like we wrestled and we wrestled in Source and we wrestled Discovery and we wrestled in ICW all around about the same kind of time Mm -hmm. in the space of a year we probably wrestled what one two three four five like maybe eight eight nine times Mm -hmm. Um, had this long feud at WrestleZone for a year and then like a month later (laughs) became a team (laughs) I mean well I think like something like that would kind of help with your chemistry because you kind of yeah. get to know each other. I stuff. think uh, that was like a big thing. It was like the team really came about. Like, there was a few people really pushing for it. Like um, a few fans had actually mentioned that um, a big kind of driving factor was Demo, yeah. who was my original trainer and who's mm-hmm. obviously now Killian Dane. He just kind of thought these are both wee skinny fat boys that like in the wrestling. He's yeah. a look like a tag team, but. That was kind of Demo's, Demo's way of going, I think this would work quite well. You do wrestle similar, you do have a very similar look, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, he was right, and all the other people who said it, you know, like there's friends of both of us who've said it to us individually as well. Yeah. Like the last match we had at WrestleZone, like the last, because we'd had the ICW and Discovery and stuff, but the last match we had at WrestleZone was like the, the feud ender sort of thing. And we had the match and we came back, and Demo was just like standing there, he's like, why are you boys not attacking? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Because it's a tag team. Yeah, someone Take be- us with you when you go. Yeah. I mean, you've now gone from having feuds, having matches, to having a light spar and a hug in the middle of the ring at the square goal. So yeah. that's relationship goals right there. Yeah, I yeah. can't believe I just yeah. said that, but yeah, there you I, go. Well, there you go. Full circle in it. <laughs> Keep tagging, don't ever break up. <laughs> now, diving deeper into like. You guys are known for your, like, you, you have a great array of wrestling moves, whether it's technical, grappling, power, you have a whole array of moves, and it's what is great about you two guys is you have it individually, but even together, it's just something else. Now, there are two signature moves that you do have that is quite famously known as the Afterburner and the 4K. Mm-hmm. 
how did those moves come about and how were the names derived? Um, the 4K was literally just Lewis came up with the name first. It was like a, a reverse engineering thing. Yeah. So Lewis is like, what if we had like a better version of the 3D? So it's like a 3D but in high definition, so it's 4K. It's like, yeah. Yes. So for anyone who doesn't know, I worked in a a DVD store. Did so I? of course sitting looking at this stuff all day, I'm like, huh, that'd be funny. Call them over four K and then we came up with something. Yeah, and then it just kinda originally it was gonna be a <laughs> the, flapjack off the ropes yeah. catching the cutter. Right. It was gonna be like you but, would yeah, you would give the guy the flapjack from like the top rope fall back and a guy would be stood in the middle of the ring waiting jump, to catch, catch the, cutter. the cutter. But it kinda that was just murdering people. Yeah, that was like too dangerous even uh, for like the so context of a Swapped it around and it was like I'll lift them up. Springboard cutter, that'll be fine. Yeah. But I think Lewis regrets doing that now. I do I think it looks great. I think it's really devastating. I think it's an amazing visual. But at the same time it's a giant back bunker. Yeah, I'm just I, I'm falling from like with me springboarding up and past like you're, 12 it's, yeah, it's like a 12 foot drop and I'm just landing right in my back yeah because mm-hmm. so, when I do that I'm driving the guy down with me so I'm adding even extra emphasis to my landing and it's not like I'm hitting anyone else or landing in anyone else so there is nothing to break my fall yeah should we go through like all the other move names we've got until we get to the afterburner yes because mm-hmm. we've got hunters at this point okay so okay. yeah so, uh, so we do like the double hip toss throw up knee in the back Double right. knees to the shoulders, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's called the mean old twister. The mean old twister. Yeah. The mean old twister. It's basically a, a, I'm really into like country music and like uh, like blues and like scratchy back porch blues. And there's a song called Mean Old Twister. That's like a blues song. Yeah. I really like it. And I thought I think it'd make a move. Why not? <laughs> so uh, we do. A, he does a drop to hold, and I do like a straight knee to the face. Which right, if we change the name of that today, oh. I think. To what? You know the thing at the gym? Oh, yeah. Origi- so originally it was like, we don't have a name for it. Yeah. So we asked on the live stream someone to come up with a name for it. And, and then, someone typed, what did they type into Google? More bang for your buck. Yeah. Mark Leslie, good fan of ours, good yeah. lad. He, uh, <laughs> he googled more bang for your buck, or phrases like more bang for your buck. <laughs> and return on, return on investment came up. And <laughs> that's, was like, like good. that's what we're calling it. But today at the gym, we were... <laughs> So I'll put this in context. We're using the cables mm-hmm. to work out, and it's got like the little diagram of all these different exercises you can do. Mm-hmm. And then, so wait, hold on. So oh, there's a bit you can click on it. It mm-hmm. says power mode. So you click that, and it adds like an extra like half a kilogram or whatever onto it. Uh-huh. So this is the image for power mode. It looks like it looks like someone doing a knee strike. Yeah, it does actually. So the drop to old knee lift, as of today, is called power mode. <laughs> uh, what else have we got? Oh, when uh, Lewis is holding the guy hanging on the ropes and I do the swanton, mm-hmm. uh, that's the nuka bomb. Nuka bomb. Because we're in the fallout. Yep. Yes. Uh, what else have we got? We've got loads of stuff that it's like... It's stupid. We, yeah. We had this We had this move for a while called the glowing sea driver. Where yes. I, I would do a tornado DDT, but the guy would be on Aspen shoulders and he would twist with me into a Death Valley so it's driver a Death at the Valley same time. tornado DDT. Uh, we did that like that used that was original like finish yes. at some point, mm-hmm. uh, and then it fun. just it just got worse and worse, and we were just not. It started off brilliant, mm-hmm. and then we just first time we ever did it was great. I think the problem is it's like everyone we wrestled after that was very large, yeah. So we couldn't like, for lack of a better term, mangle the person the way we did the first skinny yeah, we boy. It was, we did uh, it 
But that was a cool move. What else have we got? Probably not. Yeah. We need a name for the pop-up when we both pop the guy up and I catch him in a cutter. I don't have a name for that. You could name that by the end of this episode. Okay. Um, We have another one that's got a name, don't we? Before we get to the app to murder. Yeah. Do we have other moves? Oh, we've got loads. <laughs> you do have uh, Oh, we've got the, the dirty device. Yes. The dirty right. device. Which is, yeah. I do the powerbomb. Mm-hmm. He stood on Lu- the floor doing this powerbomb. Lewis does a tope and doomsday devices him into the crowd. That's the dirty device. <laughs> <laughs> into the crowd? Yeah. yeah. Or, to, or to the floor. You know, it uh, really but, depends how close no, the guard is. Into the crowd, so like go all in. Yeah, like, we did it to... Kenny at ICW. Yeah, Kenny yeah. Williams took it. Uh, let's what? do that tonight. Tonight? Yeah. Do it. Fine, we're doing that tonight. Yeah. Do it tonight. Just into the wall. Uh, one side where the wall is really close. Yeah. Yeah, so after burner. So, yeah, the big one is the afterburner. Um, basically, we were trying really hard to come up with something like, for lack of a better way of putting it, we basically thought the Meltzer driver is really cool, but we get compared to the Unbox enough. So let's not just do the Meltzer driver. Mm-hmm. We were trying to come up with something that kind of, whereas that's like was so big and so flashy, obviously effective, but we wanted something that kind of looked a bit more horrible, a bit yeah. more like for like hurting a person. Yeah. So we had a load of ideas. Like at one point it was going to be a double stomp into a burning hammer, like yeah. a torture rack. I've got the burning hammer and Lewis jumps over double stomp into the burning, uh, but that was murdering people. Oh yeah, again, <laughs> there is a certain line in wrestling matches that you don't want across you know yeah. Like, yeah you want to beat the guy but the same thing you don't want to kill the guy <laughs> yeah that was so that wasn't quite working but at the same time as all this was happening i was starting to use the package tombstone right i was also using the ganzo bomb yeah. but i couldn't figure out a way to do like a double team ganzo uh so so it was like what can we do with this and then eventually i think we had something before the double stomp but i can't remember what it was uh, i think it was originally gonna be like the meteora, like a double knee drop. Maybe, but we ended up with a double stomping. Yeah. We threw a load of ideas at the moment. What we eventually came together with was a package tombstone with the double storm and who's the after burner came about? That, I can't remember. I'm, I can't remember his name. He's a, Adam. He's a, Adam. He's on Twitter. He's a ginger fan. Ginger Pimpernel, I'm pretty that sure. Boy. That boy, right. So he, he had, was like, you should call a move the after burn. And I was like, the after burn, you say? Uh, just because it was like, Dave Meltzer, Bill Apter. Yeah, again, I think we added on the ER, so it's Apter Burner. Yeah. So it's like a a move. But, uh, so it was like, it was like we said, we didn't want to quite do the Meltzer, so we came up with like a twist on it that looked our own way. It was also, it was also trying to go with the Young Bucks a little bit. 100%. Because we're like, we want to wrestle the Young Bucks, so we're just going to be like, it the dirty Scottish Young Bucks. Yeah. It, it uh, did work after all, didn't it? We get compared to the Young Bucks all the time. A lot. I yeah. don't know if anyone like, in the crowd has picked up on this, but Billy Kirkwood, every now and then, will refer to us as the Young Fucks ah. on commentary. Which is great. Which I, I think that. is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's said that on commentary before, and I was in... I was like, yes, mm-hmm. keep that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, because we kept getting uh, compared to them. It's like, well, we want to wrestle them, so why don't we just, like, be, like, the Scottish Young Bucks and just goad them, essentially, into a match? So I think even above them, it's like, see if you look at, like, obviously the two kind of main promotions we wrestle for is, like, ICW or Discovery. Yeah. Whenever there's, like, a thread there going, who do you want, what matches do you want to see? Every other comment at this point is always Kings of Catch Young Bucks, yeah. you know? So it's like, it's kind of worked in the sense it's like, if they're ever here, it's nice to know that we'll always kind of be in the conversation yeah, to yeah. be working with them. It's like, at this point, I've 
how many t four times I've I've worked with the Young Bucks or three or four. Three. It's three we've done each. I think we've had two matches, but you managed me during one match. I wrestled him before that as well. Yeah. In a four way tag. It was a four way tag like three years ago. Where you right. So three times then we've wrestled him, but we've never actually had a straight up two on two tag match. Yeah. Which is the dream. Yes. <laughs> but like, yeah, I just think when he mentioned about Aptor, and I was like, Bill Aptor, Dave Meltzer, yeah. that's great. Our real dream is <laughs> if we could have them two managed by Dave Meltzer and us managed by Bill Aptor. Yeah. Ah. I've been trying to get that. A happen. really funny story. That we I was originally trying to get, see when we had uh, the four-way yeah. at Discovery, so it was us, mm -hmm. uh, the Bucks, Polo Promotions, and the Buffet Club. Right <laughs> now, Gene Money because this because here. this hasn't because this this never panned out. I'll just say it because it's yeah. never gonna happen now. That is so specific. I say it. It's yeah. so specific. It's never gonna happen again. And I, I think Rob Cage is taking time out with injury or something. So it's probably never gonna happen. But this was the pitch that I did to, to Alan at Discovery. Mm -hmm. It's like because it's one of his bigger shows. Oh, so yeah. it's like he's okay to put some cash into this, you know. So I was like. If you like at this stage, mm -hmm. I've got I've got Bill Aptor's phone number and like yeah, I've got him on Skype and stuff. Yeah, I've spoke, spoke to him on Twitter. And, point. No, email him and all that stuff. So it's like I could, in theory, get Bill to do something with Discovery if I wanted, right? So it's like okay, if Bill Aptor manages us, get Meltzer to manage the Bucks. Whole mm -hmm. promotions with Jim Cornette should be. They would have loved that. Yes. The Buffet Club with Ainsley Harriet. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay. Because they're doing the gimmick with yeah. the red the red tomato and green pepper. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Get get Ainsley Harriet to manage that. Imagine that. Well that would have been oh, amazing. Yeah. Like, but it's never gonna happen now, but uh, Do you know the funny thing is? Like seeing all the names you've mentioned, the person I could imagine being so excitable in there would be Ainsley Harrier. Oh, you'd be loving it. <laughs> you'd be like, I've got no idea what's going on, <laughs> but everyone's be, loving oh, this. You can stick the guy in the South Pole, he'll still find something <laughs> to entertain himself. Yeah. So that was the that was the pitch, but we managed all we really managed to get out of it was Bill Aptor doing a promo putting over the Aptor burner. Yeah. Which, which has got the best quote ever. It's a destruction hold. Yes, yeah. it is, Bill. Yes, it's, it is. It, what it is, is... It's a destruction hold. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's the best. I really want that on a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. if, if you're a promoter, you're listening, get that booked. I know uh, Alan did listen to our show on the best there of 2018 go. so far, so hopefully let Even Alan do I, it. I will settle for us versus the Bucks, Aptor versus Meltzer. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's get or us versus the Bucks, Aptor, and just Ainsley at it. <laughs> what with the Bucks? Yeah, why not? He's just like, what's going on? Just get him in, in some capacity. Like, aye, super kicks. That's great. Exactly. Love it. Even as a special guest referee or something, I don't <laughs> know. Just get him in somewhere. It would it'd be amazing. Nice. We've gone way off course. Let's get back to these <laughs> questions. <laughs> should, I, should I bring it in? I was having fun. Yeah, no, I'll bring it back in. But we, we could go off tangents anytime at, at all. Now, you've made appearances up and down the UK, shows including ICW, Discovery, WrestleZone, just to name a few. If I start to listen them all, we'll be here all day. How do you find touring around different promotions and wrestling to different types of audiences? I love it. You know, like, um, one thing I really like is when you do travel as much as we kind of are at this point, mm -hmm. you start to get a feel for what, like, different areas, like, like, we can go up to Aberdeen where WrestleZone run. 
and the audience they have been conditioned to like one style of wrestling so it's good for us to be able to apply our trade that way yeah. but then we'll go to like Edinburgh with Discovery where the audience there has been conditioned to a certain style of wrestling so we do something totally different yeah. say when we go to Leeds or Newcastle or whatever it is whereas every kind of place is going to have different things that they're going to like and I really like that because I think it pushes us to be a bit more creative with what we do Yeah, you know we're not just going to do the one act everywhere you know yeah and it's like there's weekends where we could go like down to one of these wee companies down in England and it's just a nice wee nice wee easy match mm-hmm. you know we're not like being lazy or anything but it's just it's a nice nice match go up to WrestleZone having this like 80s early 90s big heel baby face match mm-hmm. and we got ICW and getting dropped on my head and stuff yeah. <laughs> I think it's like from the experience we both have with wrestling for guys who do like kind of travel the world is it's like it's one thing I've kind of learned from them like very early on for me I wrestled Chuck Taylor mm-hmm. and uh, here's a guy who's kind of known for like screaming at kids and being funny but he kind of watched the show that he was on kind of looked at what the audience was reacting to and he thought Right, this is one of those shows where you kind of want to step up what you're going to be doing physically. Mm-hmm. So he was doing like like moves and stuff in the ring that you know I didn't even know he had ever done. But you know we had like a slightly more physically intensive matches than you might typically expect to Chuck Taylor certainly back then. Mm-hmm. And that, and then like I say, the experience we've had working with folk like the Bucks or Kenny Omega or Zack Sabre Jr. or whoever else it might be, it's seen how they will cater, not change what they do. And I think that's another thing we've learned is like don't compromise your own act, but no. cater slightly what you emphasise of yourself. Mm-hmm. Pick and choose what moves you're gonna do as well. Like, like a lot of the st- like we're never gonna do the the dirty device at WrestleZone. I'm yeah. never gonna power bomb one of the rejected into the crowd because that's <laughs> just stupid. Mm-hmm. But like you know, the afterburner is perfectly fine there. But we're not gonna do as much. You know, if we had a night match at ICWC Nick, like. Shugs against the Hunters probably going to do a lot of stuff oh, but <laughs> you can expect us to do a lot but like I'm looking forward yeah <laughs> but like we're not going to do as much as that purely based on the fact that you're going to get big reaction just for being hey now a yeah. bad guy mm-hmm. shall I well, shall I like I've seen you guys tagging and singles and various different promotions but something I've never seen was up until yesterday was <laughs> you two took up to break dancing, street dancing. Hell yeah. Well, Aspen might have done it voluntarily, but Sugar Dunkerton had me dancing and I wasn't even like, I wasn't there for it. I was not on board. Mm-hmm. He had me doing it and I don't, I will not turn around for the beat. I refuse. <laughs> I will not do it. <laughs> Was it just the power of the flow that got you? It was the music took me, and I'm I'm, I'm still very fragile about the whole thing. To be perfectly honest with you, I just, I just saw somebody dancing and thought, "Got to get in on this." Yeah. <laughs> Aspen recently found out he could do the warm, and he's taken to every opportunity to do it again. I've done it. I've done it three times since last weekend. <laughs> John knows something back when I. I'm down here talking like an old man. I used to break dance myself, and I could never do the work. There you go. That's the only one I can do. That's Just all you need. Keep on it. I tried to do the spinneroonie. That didn't go well. No. I used to be able to do the windmill, but the worm never been able to. But I say that this was 10 years of 10 stone ago, so no Fair. chance yeah. now. <laughs> ten, 10 stone ago, I could, I could do a mincel. No, I've never been able to do a mincel. Never. I'm almost there now. Might do the hydro. He's got one of them, mm-hmm. one of them brilliant like wonky Terry Funk moonsaults yeah. right now. <laughs> I want it straight. I'm gonna do a double back flip. <laughs> uh, I think I broke my back, Mick. I broke my back. <laughs> uh, 
I'm sure I had to wear a lot of things would come by, like the, you guys have a different array of moves, and, and it's all different styles, as I was saying. Oh, so. yeah, like, there's, for all the, like, stuff we've done, mm-hmm. you can rest assured we've got ten more silly things that were like, that'd be great, let's try that. Yeah, I've got, like, videos of us doing stuff at training on, like, we boys, just stupid moves that we've came up with but we've never had the chance to do in a match so and I take it would the fans have the opportunity to come up with the names of them oh I'm sure yeah. so make sure you tweet Lewis and Aspen if as you many have... suggestions as yeah. possible because I just think it's funny that way you know it's like if we come up with something it's like oh that's fine but I will, yeah. see if a fan comes up with it it's allowed to be like daft like return on investment or power mode. Power mode. I do like like Marcus a uh, listener of our show as well. I do like return on investment. I'm terribly sorry, Mark, that we've we've changed the Tell name you of what, your move. We'll come up with another move <laughs> and we'll call that return on investment. Yeah. This is the, this knee is is it's got power when you mode. See this picture. We'll put the picture up online, but it's power mode. This is power yeah. mode. Or whenever they, uh, anyone sees you at a show, if you see us particular tandem move that you guys do. If you can, if it hasn't been done already, think of a name of it. Just yeah. you still need to come up with a name for this pop-up car. I'll, I'll, I'll do marketing. So let me, let me. I'll come up with yes. it. Don't you worry. Yeah. Don't you worry. I've already made a suggestion to Kieran Kelly for the name of his, uh, his rotation DDT mm. Canadian Destroyer thing. I called it the Double Barrel at first. Oh, that's, that's pretty good, good actually. Because he's some reason called shotgun. Yeah, I'm called shotgun because I never miss. It's like, well, shotguns have terrible accuracy. <laughs> it's kind of the opposite of what they do. <laughs> oh, what a lad! The shotgun is the definition of throwing loads of shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> yeah. But he never misses. <laughs> You're gonna get me in trouble. <laughs> oh, I love Kieran really. He's, 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 he's been 14 for like 10 years. <laughs> Some time. Oh, great time. He's a he's some man. I've interviewed him twice now. He's been that he's been great to us, so thought <laughs> Mike what's Mike Quackenbush's finish called? Which one? Any, the Shikara special. No, like the is it the Quacken Driver? Quacken Driver, yeah. Is it got is it like Quacken Driver like ninety seven or something? No, he's got Quacken Driver one, Quacken Driver two, I'm pretty sure. Can we have like the Quacku Driver? Quacku Driver. That's great. <laughs> I, I would not say no. Is that what we should call that car? Even no, the pop-up car won't be a... He can name that, but we'll come up with some kind of horrible head drop move and call it the Quacku Driver. <laughs> the quacku, quack, no, but it'll be like the Quacku Driver 97. What year were you born? 89. Quacku Driver 89. There you go. go. I don't know what it'll be, but we'll, <laughs> we'll, come, up, we'll come up with some horrible move. See, as a favour, see the first time you do it, I'm at the show... Could you just go, it's time for the quacker drivers. What, what I'll so do that, is, because you gave me your phone number, I will phone you in the middle of the radio. <laughs> just about to do this. So about to go down. <laughs> We're just about to hit this quacky driver. <laughs> Please start recording. Get a good angle so that we can turn this into a gif later. That's what's happened now. We're gif wrestlers. Oh, 100%. <laughs> we do, we do it for the gifs. Anyway. <laughs> you guys, honestly. <laughs> Now, uh, just moving on, so you guys have mentioned WrestleZone. Mm-hmm. Now, recently it's been coming on Leaps and Bounds in the northeast of Scotland, and it's a promotion that you two have been a huge part of. How has it been part of the journey, and what should fans expect from WrestleZone shows? So, WrestleZone has this year been a thing for a decade. This is their 10 year anniversary ten year. year. Yeah. I started training there in January. 2011. 2011. I had my first match there 
December 2011. Mm -hmm. I wore a wee mask, it was great. It was yeah. in a rumble. What was your name? Oh, uh, we won't go there because that'll, that'll ruin the, the mystique. Oh, come on. No, oh, fact, you know what? I it, just remembered what it was. <laughs> it'll ruin the mystique. See, if he says it, there's going to be so many fans in Aberdeen going, well, I'm not going now. He's ruined it. So anyway, okay. Uh, you can tell me after. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. So I've bar maybe two shows. I've been on every single show of theirs for the past seven years. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're just kind of. It's you get some promotions where like all of a sudden it just blows up, but this is like a steady build for like ten years. And it's one of those things where like a lot of folks still don't really know anything about it or don't really either just because it's so far away or don't pay attention. But then it's like. I lived in Aberdeen most of my life, yeah. but I still know everything that was happening in Glasgow. So it's kind of like, it's like I don't know why. I do know why actually. It's because Aberdeen somehow at the same time manages to be a major city, but the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, like, the, like you say, they've quite quietly, in a way, gone about just doing like really, really well. Mm -hmm. Like not my first show that I did for WrestleZone, but like the second one I did was like the night before ICW ran the SACC for the first time. Mm -hmm. So you think all wrestling eyes are going to be on. Glasgow and like big Fear of Loathing show but it was like the night before I did a show in Aberdeen in front of like 900 people yeah. which is no number wow. to sniff at and I was like this is amazing and every one of them was like yeah and I was like oh, <laughs> so, so this is just no big deal up here then <laughs> so like they do they do obviously a lot of smaller shows like all over northeast like all the way up to like Keith like down Montrose way and all that yeah but like they do the the beach ballroom in Aberdeen once a year, which is 1,300 people. It's they sell that out every out. year. Yeah. They sell that out every year. The show that you were talking about was on uh, at like the Beach Leisure Centre in Aberdeen two, three times, I think. And that's like eight, 800, 900 people. It's and it's like, but, but that, yeah, it's like everyone's going on about like, for ages, it's like, oh, ICW got a thousand people. It's like, all right, we've just got 1,300 people the last two years, but mm -hmm. no one's you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but it's big. It, it's it's a diff totally different product. Oh, it's like their their whole thing is like, like storytelling. Yeah. Big baby faces, big heels. It's it is proper like eighties new 90s. generation era WWE. Yeah. Right. Like big characters and and all that sort of stuff. And that's what they're. That's just the kind of product they put out. It's all storyline. It's the same fans that travel to every show, mm -hmm. and then you obviously get fans coming from further away for the bigger shows. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's like all story based every match is like happening for some reason within some sort of a feud yeah. or a, an angle you know what I mean so but it, as I say they've been doing that for 10 years mm -hmm. and it's just slowly gotten bigger and bigger and it's just one of those things where because of the location people don't really either know about it or just go oh they're not great up north but they don't think about this one promo you know what I mean there's yeah, obviously yeah. a lot of wee promotion and stuff mm -hmm. and some of them aren't great but it just gets lumped into one thing because mm -hmm. it's in the northeast. It's not in the the west. It's not like in Glasgow or it's around Cross Main Central Belt. Yeah, yeah, that's all it is. But that's why it's like, see if I started my training down here, mm -hmm. like I'd be huge right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I wrestled up in Aberdeen for four years before I did anything else anywhere else. Mm -hmm. So I guess it helped to an extent because like if I wrestled down here from the start, everyone would have seen me being rubbish <laughs> and just like, you know, a trainee and stuff. But when I first started getting work down here, I had four years of experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think another thing is it's like, like even though the difference from like, say Glasgow to Aberdeen, it's only really about two and a half, three hours. Three hours yeah. yeah. 
But the truth is, is like the miles between is like the philosophy of wrestling and like the way they train is totally is, different. Yeah, completely different. You know, right. so it's like Aspen's going to come in with like little things different that are going to help him. You're gonna, you're not going to look at him and think he was trained the exact same as X, Y, and Z down here. Yeah, uh-huh. you know. So it's like I think coming from like that different background as well will have kind of helped him stand out. I think I think the main emphasis difference is like I find down here the emphasis is more on physical wrestling and like you know your actual physical wrestling ability and what you're doing in the ring whereas up north obviously they focus on that obviously but it's a lot more on working with the crowd and characters and like selling and you know like it's more that sort of stuff yeah so I think that's worked out well for us Mm -hmm. where like he's been trained down here which again, like I say, is it's got obviously character stuff and all that, but the more of the focus is on the physical. Hundred percent. Yeah. So my more of my focus is on character and selling and all this and how to get sympathy from the crowd, interact with the crowd. Yeah. So it works out well if we're doing like a tag match and I'm now selling and taking yeah. the heat and then you come in for the big mm-hmm. come you know what yeah, I mean? You like, get lots of sympathy with like your selling and your facial expressions and then And you come in for the big fight and you come back doing all your cool stuff. Yeah. I think that's kind of like, that'll be a big part of the reason why the team's done so well, is because as much as we're good at a lot of similar things, there's certain things that I might be a little bit better at, there's going to be certain things that he does a little bit better at, so that we kind of balance each other out, complement mm-hmm. each other quite well in that regard. Mm. And I think that's kind of like why, I think going back to what we said earlier, is like there was a real gap in the market for tag teams, is it's like, it's really easy to just throw two trainees together and go, be a tag team. Yeah. But to actually have a team that kind of fit together like that, like like I said, they do kind of gel well and complement each other's kind of strengths and weaknesses. I think that's the real crux of how you make a really, really good tag team. You know, it's like like even teams at the top level, like like we mentioned the Bucks earlier, there's going to be certain things that one might be better at than the other, but that's fine because mm-hmm. it's going to be vice versa with the other one. That's why they'll do well. That's why teams in WWE will do well. It's like no two guys can just be thrown together and expect to make it work. It's very, very rare that that does happen. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's a good insight there into WrestleZone. It's still a promotion that I've yet to see myself, but I would love to come up and. Well, it's funny. Come to that show September first. September first, Aberdeen Anarchy, their biggest show of the year. So that's the big, the beach ballroom one. Yeah, that's the. Oh, best. I'll be there then. We're in a tag team tables match for the tag titles. Yep. Tables match, you've sold it. Thank yeah, you, I'll be yeah. there. So just moving on, I'm going to be talking about a different promotion now, mm-hmm. such as you the careers you guys are having now between you guys. You're a former Discovery Wide Division champion, mm-hmm. a 2016 Wrestler of the Year, 2016 Hotter Than Hell tournament winner. Mm-hmm. Who would you say is their pick for this year's Hotter Than Hell tournament? Liam Thompson. Yeah. Uh, I think him. Liam Thompson's one of those guys where it's like he's quite quietly gone about becoming one of the best oh, all rounders. You know, it's mm-hmm. like he's the kind of guy where it's like it's almost like. He's, he is popular amongst audiences, obviously, and he has fans, but it's like he's one of those guys where it's like he's most popular amongst the other wrestlers because everyone's like, ah, he's great, you know? He's in the same vein as, like, funnily enough, Andy Wilde, who's also in the heart of the hell. Mm-hmm. So I just think he's so... just a good all-rounder, and I just think coming back from such a long extended period of yeah. time off while he was hurt, I think he's going to be really looking to, to really hit the ground running, you know? It's like... Mm-hmm. He's going to be wanting to put on the kind of performances that make go. That remind folk, oh, Liam Thompson's great, isn't he? Mm. You know? I mean, the internet did go wild when mm. he was appeared at Wrestling Experience Scotland recently. I think, to be honest, a lot of folk kind of just assumed, incorrectly obviously, that 
maybe he was done, you yeah. know? I know, um, what, with Carmel retiring, and he, he'd had a few spells of being injured, like, the last couple of years before he took this real extended time off, so I know certainly a lot of folk just assumed he might have been done, but I'm really glad that he's not. Yeah. He's a real good influence to kind of have around, I like him a lot. Yeah, amongst the team at Simplex Retweet, one of our favourite moments from, like, last year was the whole series of him and Wolfgang in the whole good housekeeper matches and stuff. It was, it was just, I think my favourite moment was the coast to coast, but you said the washing machine has the weapon as their chair. Oh. It's just brilliant. And it was the line, all this over a sink from Wolfgang, I just loved it. So, no, yeah, absolutely dead on. So, like, winning a tournament like that, what can it do for your career? I think it's a real good chance to showcase what you can do. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously Aspen has enjoyed like a really good career in Discovery, but like, when we first came together as a team there, I think that was a real kind of, well, you can disagree if, if you feel, but I would feel it was like a something of a step up the card for you. You went from kind of that upper yeah. mid card to be one of the guys that could very conceivably go <coughs> last. Yeah. Winning the Hotter Than Hell was his first real chance to be in a title match in the main event of a show. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, it kind of just gave me because it's a tour, like a singles tournament as well. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere, we were kind of just doing tag matches and stuff, mm-hmm. so it kind of gave me a chance to do more single stuff again and show like because when you're in a tag team, obviously you're sharing half of the time mm-hmm. with someone else, so it's good every now and then to get like a match on your own to show this is me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not me as a team. This is me, mm-hmm. um, and I got obviously. You know, wrestle Ridgeway, Rampage, Doug Williams, Doug Williams, yeah. So that was all great run of guys great. to really showcase yeah. yourself. Yeah. Moving on slightly now, so we've touched on this subject earlier on. You both have wrestled many, many opponents that a lot of people would put down as kind of dream opponents. Looking back now, what were your favourites? I like wrestling guys really like push you to be better. You know, so it's like very early in my career, like I said earlier, I wrestled Chuck Taylor and I hit up to that point and even for a while after was the most plain faced, straight laced wrestler you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So being in there with like a big personality guy like Chuck Taylor, you know, that was like a real wake up call for me of going, I was looking at the reaction he was getting just chatting to the audience and I was like, right, I think I need a bit of that. But then um, I was fortunate very early in my career as well to wrestle Zack Sabre more than once, uh, which was a real... He kind of taught me how to really implement technical wrestling. Because to be honest, I would say technical wrestling is the thing that I'm best at, the thing I enjoy the most. So he kind of showed me how to implement it into more than just the traditional, I do like a wee couple of minutes at the start of your match, exchanging some wrist locks. He kind of showed me how you could have a match with that stuff. Yeah. I'll let you talk about some of the guys we worked later, but I really, I always feel the need when questions like this come up to talk about Jonathan Gresham, who's like a former CZW champion. He's done a lot with Zero One in Japan. He's signed to Ring of Honor now. Mm-hmm. He and I had the match that at the time was far and away the best match I've ever had at that point. It was great, and I owed that match to the position I got at Discovery. Alan Smith hadn't started Discovery at the time, but he was like looking around, and he was at an SWA show, and he saw my match with Jonathan Gresham, and he's told me this since. He goes, I saw that match, and went, I need that guy. And that was why you know, I was on the first Discovery show. It's why I, I was the champion for as long as I was, and why I was given the great opponents that I was. It was that match. So I always need to put Jonathan Gresham over for that. Who's your Mr. Discovery? Ace of Discovery Wrestling. Ace of Discovery Wrestling. That's me. Right. Promotion. Yeah, I wrestled Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was fantastic. See, this is the thing, it's like all your like big dream opponents, and you know, it's like these boys that do lots of moves and stuff. And yeah. 
Super indie boys. So no, Jim Duggan, Doug Williams, Rampage. I like I like opponents who give me a match where I don't have to think, I don't have to worry, and it's very easy. Well, well see, that's <laughs> the thing is, it's like you wrestle some of these guys, and it is, it's like it is easy, you know, because mm-hmm. they are so good. Um, like who else have we wrestled? But uh, we've obviously wrestled the Bucks more than once at this point in various scenarios. And, that was always it's it is fun, you know, because it is easy. Because it's like they're one of those acts where it's like they're so over, where it's kind of like you could literally do anything, yeah. and the crowd are going to be right there for it. Mm-hmm. But I think the reason they're in the position they're in is like so many guys would take it. Oh, we're over. Let's do barely anything. They're constantly trying to. Yeah, they don't take give. that audience reaction for granted it's like I kind of believe them and Kenny Omega they're the guys who are on top everywhere they go because they're the guys going yeah we are over but how can we get more over so they go out every night and they do something amazing mm-hmm. yeah. that's kind of certainly what I try to emulate as much as I can because like in ICW right now in Discovery I would say pretty comfortably we are one of if not the more over things on shows yeah. yeah. but it's great but how can we top it how can we get more over how can we have it so that in a year's time folk are still like aye the kings of catch are great that's kind of what I'm thinking of Jay Lethal was good yeah, yeah. Uh, Jay Lethal Doug Williams is probably my favourite because he's the first like British wrestler I ever saw wrestle mm. him versus Eddie Guerrero on uh, Talk Sport Revival mm. but yeah wrestling him was great the Bucks obviously a lot of the guys that for me was like dream matches were like British guys though because mm-hmm. like I was really into I suppose it. that's kind of where we differ in like the kind of wrestling we watched in like mm-hmm. at, before we started wrestling in, in our early kind of formative years like within like my first two three years of watching wrestling I had found out about like Ring of Honor and uh, PWG and like these were the places yeah. where because they were so much more internet based than say like some other places were at the time mm-hmm. they were slightly more accessible for me yeah. So it's like I'd be watching every PWG highlight video, going, "Oh, that's amazing! If I could, if I could just do that, yeah, you know, even to this day, like if I could just wrestle for PWG, I'd be pretty happy with myself." Mm-hmm. Whereas, like I, when I was like, "Well, how old were you when you got into wrestling?" Twelve. Twelve. So when I was twelve, I was watching like WWF, but then the stuff that I found wasn't like Japan or Ring of Honor or stuff. It was like World of Sport, like old British wrestling. Or like the British wrestling that was happening at the time, like FWA and all that. Mm-hmm. So like my dream matches were like I want to wrestle Jody Fleisch, mm. which we've both done. Since. And now it's like mm-hmm. I've tombstone Jody Fleisch. <laughs> yeah. But Jody Fleisch, Doug Williams, like I really want to have a tag match us against Jody Fleisch and Johnny Storm. Yeah, that's amazing. what I want. Right. See, because he's the Wonder Kid. I almost said I Jody Fleisch and Johnny Kid. I'd be totally different. <laughs> no, I, them two. I'd like that's the kind of opponents that I'm like, oh, I really want to wrestle them. Right now, my dream is to have a comedy match against Jetta. Oh, okay, nice. <laughs> Just because, again, she's like... in there as well, again. <laughs> but no, she's like, back in the day, it's like, oh, you see her on Shimmer and stuff, but she was like one of the only like British people on there. Mm-hmm. But like now I'm mates with her. And we've discussed many comedy spots, and we're like we could have a great call. Yeah. So I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get promoters to book me versus Jeff. Promote if you're a promoter, wants to get booked again. Get oh, booked. So many matches, we're gonna have booked. I know. And then just, just let me, if there is any promoters listening, just let me wrestle Sammy, just so I can beat each other up a bit. 
Oh no. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, like, you mentioned quite a lot of days. One, I would also like to mention, like, your wrestled Ricochet at Fear and Love and Nine. And mm-hmm. the reason I'm saying this one is because that Fear and Love and Nine was stacked in the names it had. It had all the big names, but by far and away, including myself and a lot of people that say that you versus Ricochet was the best match of that night. Thank you, man. Yeah, in a lot of ways, that is still the biggest, and in a lot of ways, the best match I've ever had. Mm-hmm. I always, it was a real kind of validation point for me. You know, mm-hmm. it was, um, I'll be the first to admit, and I'm sure if you ask anyone, they would agree with this. There's always kind of been like the core group ICW guys. You know, you think of ICW, and these are the names that pop to your mind. And I know at that point anyway I was not in that conversation I know I wasn't I had never wrestled on Fear and Loathing uh, I'd only ever had one match at Barra's I've only ever had one match at Shugs and I was like I was kind of one of those like he's kind of there but he's kind of not so to have that match with Ricochet obviously with him that the profile he had at the time that was one of the marquee matches for the first show they were ever running in the Hydro. It was, I really saw it as like, right, this is my chance to go, you're wrong to not have me as one of like the key guys yeah. in the company. So I went into that going, I've got a real point to prove. And I felt a real, like I said, sense of validation when it's like coming out of that show more than, at least from my experience, what I was seeing, more than the control of the company, 10-man tag, more than Joe Coffey, Kurt Angle, Polos and Dudleys, the match that everyone seemed to be talking about was me and Ricochet, and I was like, yeah, because that's what I can do when I'm put in a position where I can really emphasize what I'm good at, and mm-hmm. I've got a chance to contribute. And it was a real, like, to be in there with one of those guys, it's like, we're talking about dream matches, he is one of those PWG Evolve Dragon Gate guys that I was watching going, if I could just have a match with him. And it's kind of a funny story, actually. I was actually meant to wrestle him, like, a few years beforehand in mm-hmm. uh, an SWA show that ended up getting cancelled and the match never happened. Oh, and yeah. at the time, I remember going, oh, I'll probably never get to wrestle him now. <laughs> they wrestle at the Hydro? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'm f- immensely thankful to him for helping me have that kind of match because, yeah. obviously, it takes two guys to put it together. And, yeah, I think it's led to the point now where... That kind of put me over in a different light to a lot of people, to the point now where it's like us as part of the filthy generation. I would say when you think of ICW in 2018, we are one of those guys, or one of those acts that you do go, they're like integral to the show. They are front and center and all the kind of promotional material because they are one of the things people come to see. Well, it's a bit mental because when you were wrestling Ricochet, I was watching that show on my phone in a train station. Yeah. And then the next year, having never worked at the Barras, Having never worked at the, where else is there other big shows? ABC. 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 You missed uh, the SEC. I've never worked any of that. You went the Hydro. I went from garage to Hydro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, Call in the course promotion. of a year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I decided Space Balls, like, three shows back in the day. Mm-hmm. There was Solar, Saki, Bali, and then Lewis. And then Space Balls got cancelled, so I was never anything. But, like, there was a period of time where I would still turn up to shows and help out and you know watch the show you know just to show face but yeah. like doing the thing what you get told as a trainee is yeah. like, be about because if you're out of sight out of mind if you can be seen there helping you know it's going to be the yeah. if an opportunity arises that's exactly. the guy so know? I was doing that but then I was just like at one point probably around the time that I started getting a lot of more because I was in like some multi-man matches and stuff at Discovery when I started getting more singles matches I was like I'm not gonna bother with that anymore. What I'm gonna do is just do my thing. Yeah. And then hopefully at some point they're like, oh, we need to have this guy now. Mm. And then we started getting more stuff as a team in other places, Discovery and all that. 
absolute down in Newcastle when it was a thing. Um, and then it was like, I never, I never got booked for it either. Mm. Just a match graphic went up and it's like Kings of Catch versus Bold Motions. Yeah, I still, you know, I was like, guess that's happening. Yeah, <laughs> guess I'm wrestling there yeah. now. But it was like, yeah, I just kind of made a point of being like, I'm not going to try and force anything. Mm-hmm. I just want to be like, I don't want to be like, please book me. I want it to be a thing where they're like, we need to book this guy now, mm-hmm. you know? So, and it, and now you're there was like two years. Yeah, so there was like two years where I didn't do anything with ICW because I was just like, well, I'm not going to try and beg and get anything. Mm-hmm. And then I watched that hydro show at the train station on my phone with really bad Wi Fi. And then it was like, the next year, I'm like, shit, what, why am I on this shit? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Because we're well good. That's but it's, that's the thing, it. it's like, it's got, it went from nothing for two years to Blam. having a match who did we have a match against I think it was I think it was the legit the when? the one where we joined the Filthy Generation alright we did a um, series with Polo promotion did yeah. like a best of three when we wrestled then it was we joined the Filthy Generation we wrestled um, Whippy and Dante so, we wrestled Whippy well, we had Whippy and Dante just a straight up tag match no. at the garage and, and that then we led had the match. Uh, but the we had that tag match mm-hmm. and it was when we came back through the because all I'd, I'd done in two years for them at this point was those three matches with pole promotions, and I figured it's just a series with pole the pole promotions, and that's it. You know, it's just give them something. Here's a new tag team for them to have a wee series with, and then it's like, oh, you're gonna wrestle these guys, and then I turn up at the venue, it's like, oh, you're joining the fifth generation. We're gonna see how that does. So like, okay, so we had that match, and then when we came back, Dallas was like, you're on every show. I was like, what? <laughs> how? How? Because <laughs> I'm like, obviously, like, as a fan, I've always wondered, like, how do those conversations did that literally just come up? Well, I came back and I was like, how? Well, obviously, just mm. as you do, like, was that okay for you or whatever? And blah, blah, blah and he's like, yeah, just, uh, you're on every show from now on, just assume, mm. just assume that. Oh, okay. Um, Gone from nothing for two years to you're on every show. But then that's, a, it's, I think it's a testament to how much you changed in those two years. You know, it was like, you, you were performing now like a guy who's like, right. This is an act that we want to have, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it's like, that's really important. Like you said, you didn't chase it. And it's like, a company as big as ICW, they're going to have every wrestler and their mum try to get work with them. Yeah. So if you can be like the one wrestler in Scotland who's not chasing them, that's going to get more attention than all the guys doing everything they can to get work. Yeah. Just doing my own thing and, oh, this team's actually doing well. Maybe we should use them. <laughs> and that goes back to like what we started with and we said is like there was a gap in the market. It was just like if you looked at Scotland, mm-hmm. what were really the tag teams? You had polo promotions. But like proper tag teams, right? Yeah. You know, polo promotions, the purge. Yeah, but yeah, the purge. But um, I think the purge certainly at that point were still very, very new. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? But they had like, you know, they've got matching gear, they've got a, a gimmick, they've mm-hmm. got a look, you know, they're a team. So I think it was like when we were kind of popping up loads of places, they were like, right, well, you know, here's a new team and we just kind of... Because at that point it was like Tommy had went away, so there wasn't really a Legion, mm-hmm. uh, a Sumerian Death Squad anymore, or NEK had broken up and mm-hmm. it's like, well... So yeah, it was just, here's a gap, you guys kind of fill it quite nicely and we ran with the opportunity and mm-hmm. here we are now. There you go, yeah. Now we get to wrestling shorts. Oh, it's the best. Wrestlers, uh, I do love shorts. I mean, I'm wearing jeans today, but short on point. Uh, <laughs> Aspen and I, could, folk will probably know this, but I always feel the need to say it. If we could wear shorts every day, we would. And I do find this really funny, because he originally started wearing shorts as a rib on me, because I always wore them. So he always wore shorts, and I wore, like, sweatpants or jeans or whatever. 
and then I, I caught on to the fact that he always wore shorts. So I started just wearing shorts every time I saw him, just as a rib, and then it, I now can't wear trousers. And then we realised I was right. <laughs> you realised that, yeah, this is on to something. Yeah, I can't wear trousers anymore because mm. it's just too hot. I get yeah. uncomfortable. As he often does, Aspen has taken it too far, and his shorts are getting shorter and shorter. These ones are alright. Those ones are fine, but these in my, general... These are my Zubaz shorts. Like, I like shorts to the knee or below, whereas he's like, nah, mid-thigh. Can I think of a really bad wrestling name for, for what you're saying? Coming up short. Yeah. Coming up short. Yeah. If we did like like a double chop block so we're taking out a guy's legs, coming up short. Yeah. He has there to you go. Wrestle the rest of his match on his knees. <laughs> yes. There you go. You I didn't actually think you would yeah. like it, but fair enough. You should wrestle your match on your knees with Scott McManus. Tonight. Yeah. It's funny. Scott McManus, who mm. I'm wrestling tonight, mm-hmm. is a very good, like, kind of all-rounder. Mm-hmm. Good mechanic in the ring, but his most famous moment in his career so far, it's, it's like his first or second match on like a show outside of the school. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's probably he's hyped. He's right up here for his entrance. He leapfrogs over the top rope, lands, blows out his knee, can't wrestle. <laughs> Which I hope he hears this because I, I want you to know that I'm joking, really. But I did find that hysterically funny. <laughs> if you want to think about how your first. Outside the school match is going to go blowing your knee out on your entrance is not it. <laughs> like, no way, nah. Like Sami Zayn debuting on Raw and yeah. blowing his shoulder out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now you touched on ICW just there. Now at the upcoming Shunk's House Party 5, you two have a match against the Hunter Brothers. For the first time ever, they're, uh, you're facing off against them, I believe. Mm-hmm. Now what is your strategy and preparations going into this match? Like, What are your thoughts, really? I'm excited about the match because the Hunter Brothers are kind of like... Getting similar to what I said about Liam Thompson earlier, it's like they're one of those guys, or pairs, I should say, mm-hmm. they've kind of been floating around for a good while. It's like they kind of don't get brought up in conversation amongst fans as much as they maybe should. Mm-hmm. But the boys don't have a bad word to say about them because everyone kind of knows how kind of solid and all well-rounded they are, you know. So I'm excited for the match. Preparation is like just watch as much of their stuff as we can, see what they do, see if there's anything we can go, right, let's not take that and do something of ours instead. Oh, so you like scout your opponents? As much as possible, yeah. yeah. I mean, I certainly do. Yeah. Yeah. Also just, you know, becoming big heavyweight boys. Of course, yeah. Me and Aspen are on the journey to be so big that we don't need to take anything. <laughs> See, if you look at heavy machinery in yeah. NXT, yeah. think them in shorts and cut-up T-shirts, and that'll hopefully be us in a few years. I'm a fan of heavy machinery, so mm-hmm. that's, what I'm, that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Two demos. Yeah. Like you, I have a weird set. I like heavy machinery and the Street Profits. Don't ask me. I know they're ah. completely different, but... Street Profits are well good as well. I love them. See the yeah. one who does that shoulder thing with the cup? Yes. I don't know what he's doing, but I'm like, that looks good. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> one test forward, yeah. yeah. There's the other one who does like the stud in the stud sauce thing, which before, I just, I forever remember him, because I remember the first time I saw it going, that's the silliest thing ever. Why is he doing that? <laughs> Do you not know what that is? No, I've got no idea. Right, so don't ruin it, don't ruin it. Right, tell us, what's, what's stud in the sauce right. then? Right, so, in the hood, mm-hmm. they're known for drinking a thing called lean. Okay. Which is, it usually comes out purple, but it's like a mixture of like prescription, okay. like car poles and oh, stuff like that. Okay, it's a drug so, reference. Yeah, ah, so. I'm really surprised he's getting away with that then. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Stud exactly. the sauce. 
Oh. Exactly, like he he might as well go out slapping his arm or, or tightening it up the arm. It's like lame. so, yeah. It's about or pretending to stuff or something. Like I I can't actually believe they get away with it. It's probably because everyone who runs WWE is super white and doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> you see, if you needed any proof that I was a very sheltered wee white boy, I studying this also I was like maybe he's talking about pasta. <laughs> 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 so it's like literally you go start it up. Ask Sugar Duncanton, he'll ah, tell you. Yeah. He'll tell you more than I do, but it's called Lean. Big Shug. Yeah. Or Urban Dictionary. If you don't want to ask Sugar Duncanton, go on Urban Dictionary, they'll tell you. Now on well just recently announced, Lewis, you're facing off against the Sam Barber experience. Mm-hmm. Now we've interviewed Sam Barber not so long ago and a big part of that interview was like obviously the dressing down he got from making Whiplash, not getting the chance at the scramble match and whatever have you. So it seems he's on a bit of a mission. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts going into this match? Like do you Um I mean he's he's really going into a match with the both of us, isn't he? We bet. <laughs> But oh, was, was that not meant to be said, or is it? Well, no, it's well, no, it's singles match, but there's there's no DQ in ICW, so no. just do we want? <laughs> Might just have him wrestle. I mean, you. they've put me on the match graphic. I'm sorry, I'm saying. I mean, if you wrestle the whole match, he technically can't pin you. So that's a point. Oh, <laughs> we're doing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I am actually like I'm looking forward to it because I can kind of sympathise with his position that he's in right now. Like Sam's part like one of the earlier classes from the GPWA. But he's one of the ones that, you know, he's not kinda had the same opportunities as say a Ravy Davy or the Purge. You know, he's like Yeah. And I can certainly relate to how immensely frustrating that must be. If you look at the kind of like I've actually been wrestling longer than say Joe Coffey. But look at how much earlier he was in ICW and the opportunities he was getting. I've been wrestling a lot longer than someone like, say, Joe Henry, and look at what he's gone on to do. Mm-hmm. Even less than that, it's like if you look at like my first year in ICW, I debuted in the Square Go 2013. That was in January. I didn't wrestle for ICW again until May, where I had a singles match with Grado. Then that was me until September, where I was in a six man tag, and that was me for that year. That was my 2013, my debut year. Mm-hmm. Solar, who also uh, debuted in the Square Go 2013, he was on virtually every show that year. He was challenging for the Zero G title numerous times. He was wrestling Gnome Dar and Wolfgang, who, you know, big names within the company, yeah. who've gone on to great success. And, you know, the first show, Dave's Not Here Man in front of a thousand people, he was on that. Uh, Feed and Loathing, first show on the ABC, he was on that, you know, so, so it's like. But you were raging. Oh, well, that's what I, that's the point I'm getting at. Is it's like, I can certainly sympathise with that feeling of you feel like you deserve an opportunity and you're watching all these people do thing after thing after thing. So I believe that's probably, to an extent, whether he realises it or not, that's probably how Sam's feeling. So I'm excited to see what he comes up with when he walks into Shugs, you know, okay. it's a I mean, big opportunity for him and I want to see what he can do. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's really good. He's got a good look, mm-hmm. with good gear, yeah. cool little gimmick he's doing, but like... You know, it's two of us, so... Yeah, he's definitely going to lose, I'll say that. He's <laughs> definitely, definitely going to lose. lose. But you really want to see, challenge the character, see what he comes up with. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Like, like yeah. I said, in a weird way, not by any means comparing myself to him, but it's like, Baromania 2015, mm-hmm. I wrestled Mikey Whiplash, and that was really seen as, like, a big match for me. Obviously, I'm not yet at the kind of place that Whippy was back then. But it's the same kind of dynamic of, here's a guy who's just getting an opportunity against someone who's a lot more established than himself. I know I went into that match going, this needs to be the match of my life. 
And I think because I was able to really showcase myself well in that match against someone like Mikey Whiplash, who, God love him, he did everything he could to take care of me there. He was, he said yes to everything. He really was like, he understood that that was a big match for me and he yeah. wanted to help me. I want to help Sam here if I can, you know, before I beat him, because I'm definitely going to beat him. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love how you've got the caring aspect that you understand where he's coming from, but you're all going to oh, beat him. Yeah. It's like, Sam can do well mm-hmm. and, and can, like, get over and like but not as much as me because at the heart of it I'm, I'm, I'm very very insecure <laughs> now so looking past that in those matches assuming it's a win for you guys which we've talked about what's your next move in ICW for the two of you tag team champions hopefully please yeah. I mean it's not really up to us what matches are in well but <laughs> I think but it's hopefully can I just say everyone's screaming for it right you're telling us no it's I think we kind of feel like we've, we've been team be- for two years now we've never held any tag belts anywhere I know most of your listeners probably won't but if anyone <coughs> remembers Bobby Roberts <coughs> Don't call Bobby yep. Roberts. Yep. Mm-hmm. Bobby Roberts and I are, are in a weird way a more successful tag team than Aspen and I. Because right. he and I held a tag title for almost a year. So don't know what we're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. Bobby and I we had we had we had fucking we had lightning in a bottle there apparently because for that one year we were a team we were tag champs the entire time. Yeah. I've never held any title outside of Aberdeen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Come on, folks. Let's get this Think happening. About that. Yeah. Should we start the campaign now? Give, give you Aspen for the gold. Mm-hmm. Kings of Catch. No, the... Aspen for oh, the right. gold. Like, like Flair for the gold. Uh, like Grange for Champ. Really? Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. I really want to wrestle the STI. Yeah. Well, we want to do this thing. You want to wrestle the STI or an STI? The STI. I want to wrestle. I want to wrestle divers in Grange. We want to like. I want to wrestle divers in Grange with Sarah at ringside. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. That'd be amazing. One answer. Now I think being in the conversation for like the tag team titles in ICW for quite a while, pretty much since we kind of joined the filthy generation. Mm-hmm. So like it, it's reassuring to us to hear you say that folk are kind of calling out for it because it means our belief in ourselves is kind of founded. You know? Can I say like at our Baromania preview show, mm-hmm. dude, phrase. It's going to be a filthy night was thrown around mainly by me, to be honest. But, like, when we were saying that, we were saying Stevie, ICW, World Heavyweight Champion, you two guys, Tag Team Champions, and Kaylee Ray being Zero G Champion. Yep. And that's, that's what we were really. That would have been the ultimate filthy media, man. I know. I know. It's almost like that's what we said. <laughs> <laughs> Campaign starts here. Yeah. Let's get it done. Let's get used the opportunity. So now Stevie Boy, obviously leader of the filthy generation, will be facing off against DCT. Now that match has got a lot more to it than the World Heavyweight Championship. Now it's career versus career. Can I am I right to assume that you've got Stevie's back, so to speak? It's it's kind of like an awkward situation for me. Because on one hand, mm-hmm. Stevie's a good friend of mine, obviously. We're in this faction together, you know, like we're real. We do have each other's back, but then at the same time, DCT is one of my best pals as well. And if he needs to leave the UK, I'm going to be pretty upset. Mm-hmm. So, at Shugs, I really don't know what I'm going to do. I really don't. I'll do whatever Stevie tells there me. We go. <laughs> so that's pretty much your answer. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a good boy that follows orders. Uh, uh. Is Stevie really the leader, though? 
course he is. No, we're kind of like we're a team. Stevie's the Stevie's the world champion. No. I believe he's the no, leader. No, come on, we're like we're all Stevie equal. and Kaylee were the filthy generation. Yes, we joined the filthy generation. But Stevie is the world champion. But you can have you can say that you have a leader, but you all hold your own. Your Everyone own see every faction is oh we're all equal, right? Bullet Club, everyone's equal. No, right? <laughs> Kenny Omega was the leader, right? Oh. What, what other factions is there? Oh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. were all equal. No, right? Dean Ambrose was the leader, and then Roman Reigns became the leader. There's always a leader. Right, but... And it's no you. Right. Fine. Oh, dear. Fine. Ask what you've heard of now. I don't care. <laughs> there goes relationship yeah. goals. Sorry, well, folks. That's just what happens. Make no mistake, we're tag partners, but Aspen and I, we don't like each other. <laughs> I'll move on slightly now. I tried, so. to, I tried to kill him for a year. <laughs> I'm just going to move on slightly. Now, Lewis, you have this thing with Ring Crew, yeah. and I've no idea what it is. I have no idea what it is you, either. You love getting them out of the way of where you want to stand mm-hmm. when you're like, either doing pose or you're fist up in the air or whatever it is. What, what is your thing about Ring Crew specifically? Um, more than anything, I, I bully the Ring Crew because I think it's hysterically funny. Um, it's a combination of a lot of things it's like 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 we said earlier I love Japanese wrestling and a thing I thought was aesthetically funny Minoru Suzuki would always like, call a young boy up on the apron to hold the ropes open for him just to kick him off the apron and then get in the ring himself anyway Naito uh, Tetsuya Naito bullies cameramen and like, ring crew all the time it's like so it's a wee kind of nod to that but the first time I did it it was just kind of like I want to stand in that chair he's sitting in that chair so I just thought it was hysterically funny What's funnier still is the ICW ring crew, because obviously they run so often, they kind of get the deal. They know it's coming now. I go to like all these companies in England or whatever else, they've got no idea what they they're going to do. So At least they just snap their folk on the floor and give them drop kicks. And yeah. Well, that was like the only time I felt really bad. Is like normally it's like I would just like boot them in the chest, like push them back, or whatever. The last ICW show, I snapped a boy and I kicked him up the back as hard as I could, and I went, "That was probably really sore." Mm. Like that wasn't like a wee nudge or anything. That was like might actually need to sit out. What's a funny thing is if you if you focus on me while he's doing it, if you look at it back on every footage when he's doing this, mm-hmm. I'm just like, what are you doing? <laughs> like you'll see. I sit on the apron waiting for him to finish doing his thing, <laughs> and I'm just like, what What are you doing? And then he'll finally come up in the apron, and I'll be like, we'll do her. a wee bit. And there, there we are, a little, a little mark pose. Yeah. We double fists, power right. mode on. Well, insane. Power that, mode on. Yeah. <laughs> see, insane that, like, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who's your favourite Red Crew member? Push uh, I think... At this point, a lot of your listeners will probably know Stephen Hughes. Yes. He wrestles for Source, but he mm. does ring crew and he kind of used to float around for ICW. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love bullying him because here's the thing, most ring crew kind of just accept it as, oh, it's just something he's doing. Stephen Hughes is the kind of guy who's like, why'd you do that? <laughs> you know, like, that's just, it's like, what's the need? And mm-hmm. I'm like... Right, you've sold it, so now I need to keep doing it. Keep doing it. <laughs> My favourite was the one time Aspen ever joined in was the Hydro when we tagged against the Kinky Party. And that's that's probably the reason why I don't join in anymore, because I, I took it too far. <laughs> I, took, I took Stevie Hughes by the scruff of his neck and threw him to the floor. But you threw it, him on my feet, so I was like, well, what can I do here? So I just toe-putted him. <laughs> oh, punted right, him as hard as he could. Right in the arm, I think it was. Yeah. And he was like, fuck it. He was like, why'd you do that? And again, <laughs> because he sold it again, I was like, well, I need to keep doing it. At some point, it's going to get to the, the silly stage where I'm like slamming them on the At some floor. point, yeah, you're going to have a, <laughs> At some point, 
We're going to have a tag match against the ring crew. <laughs> yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think it's hysterically funny. And if there's any ring crew hearing this, if you if you stand in my way, mm-hmm. like if I pass you while I'm making my entrance, there's a good chance I'm going to do something. So, basically, clear the area as yeah. you're walking. When the, when the I want it to be heads, like, walk out the way. I've seen Japan when like Bruiser Brody would come around and everyone would panic and go out the way. I want it to be like that. <laughs> I want it to be just the ring crew that run away from me. <laughs> Now, Aspen, moving on to yourself. Now, you've been designing for a lot of wrestlers. We, I mean, you're. I'm wearing some of the gear right now. You guys are wearing some gear that's been designed by yourself. So you have your designing company, Bearhog Design. Yeah. We've noticed a big step up in the design of a lot of wrestlers' merchandise. Mm-hmm. Is there anything coming in the pipeline you'd like to kind of highlight? For ourselves, we've obviously got our new T-shirt coming out. Mm-hmm. We're probably going to get some cool stickers and badges and mm-hmm. stuff other folk I can't really say obviously because it's they're designed to but exciting things coming yeah, up yeah I've got I've got ones for lo- loads of other people and as I say like I've been doing that stuff for for like six seven years like I do all the rest of zone posters as well do the discovery posters fierce females uh, source even I, further afield now you're doing that. Brawl like, Championship Wrestling. Yeah, which is based on like the 3CW, like, I've done some W3L, Keith Ness Pro Wrestling. So I do all their posters. And the match graphics. And the match graphics and stuff. Um, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like, It's see, funny, you're saying you've been doing it for... It's kind of like the same as wrestling. Is it's like, you did it, and then it was like, one person went, that's quite good. And then all of a sudden, everyone went, that is quite good. Yeah. So, like, all the t- like my own t-shirts I design myself. And it's purely, like, I don't ever... Like for us as a team, mm-hmm. I think what would people want to buy? What would be yeah? You know, for myself, like you're wearing one of my t-shirts, one of the Aspen Faith t-shirts. I'm wearing this one. Literally for myself, I just design a t-shirt that I want to wear, and then it tends to be folk like oh, that's pretty cool. Because like I like t-shirts. They kind of look like real like, life. Yeah, like metal band t-shirts or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. So that that's how I design my stuff. But I'm doing obviously mm-hmm. t-shirts. Like I did all of. I did like the last few Renfrew t-shirts, I did all the Filthy Generation ones, Joe Coffee, Mark Coffee, Shah, I've done all Shah's ones recently. I think what you said there is it's like, <coughs> like you know how like the elite all sell loads of merch? I asked the Young Bucks years ago, how like, what's kind of like the key there? Because like I had a design that did quite well. But I ordered way too many, so it took me ages to sell them. But I was like, what's the key to like really selling those merch? And I went, don't come up with a design that's going to be a big neon sign of, I'm a wrestling fan and I'm wearing a wrestling t-shirt, you yeah. know? Come up with something that someone can wear elsewhere and folk aren't immediately go, what the f- yeah. f- Like the one you've got on just now, yeah. it's like the playing card one. But it's just a skull with my hair and beard. And that is amazing. It looks like a playing card. It doesn't say my name on it at all. The only thing about it that's wrestling is it's got a wee wrestling ring on the underneath the mm. king's ca- underneath the K. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one I've got on just now it says Aspen, but it's just a skull with my hair and stuff, so it kind of looks like a Native American skull, mm-hmm. um, which I like that as well. Again, like that, the hair and stuff, it's all like Native American or Willie Nelson. Like I really like Willie Nelson. That's where that's from. That's but, the hairstyle you get. But it's all like that. If you just saw that on the street, you didn't know anything about it you just assume it was like a, a metal band t-shirt or something, you know what I mean? Just, mm-hmm. Like, I like that sort of stuff. Um, like, the, the Filthy Generation t-shirts as well. Mm-hmm. I love that logo. Mm-hmm. Like, so obviously I came up with that logo and the one that's in the entrance video I designed, mm-hmm. I did that as well because I do videos and music videos and 
like oh, what I like stuff. about it is you've all got your individual like representation <coughs> logos yeah. and like your names. So do you know you 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 know the in the main logo? Mm-hmm. Do you know who's who? I know the so I Just, think the top is is that um, I'm trying to think of it because I don't have. So there's a bird at the top. Yeah. What's the, have we got one here? No, I don't. You've got it. Oh, it's a little one here, but that's you're not going to see that. No, so there's, <laughs> there's the big bird. So there's a bird the at the top. That's Kaylee. Kaylee. Because she's a high flyer. Mm-hmm. Stevie's the pharaoh because he's a leader. <laughs> see how that works, right? Yeah. Are you accepting it now? This is news to me. I thought I was <laughs> he's the pharaoh of Phil. Pharaoh of Phil, right? So he's the leader. Mm-hmm. Then we've got the cat and they've got the dog. Mm-hmm. So I'm the cat because I like cats. And I, for okay. a while, I was selling pictures of cats that I drew a crowd on and wrote "King of Cats." That's that, quite incredible. That was my merch for a while. And Lewis is the dog. Mm-hmm. By process of elimination. By process of elimination, <laughs> Lewis is the dog. But that's what those four are, and then obviously yeah. it's got our names around it and stuff. But like I did that in like twenty minutes one evening because we needed a logo. Yeah, so, so we're kind of like we're kind of spitballing ideas, and I think it was like Stevie was the one who he kind of liked the idea of going down the kind of like Egyptian route. He kind of mm-hmm. liked the iconography. I like all that stuff as well. Like I've been trying to incorporate, like because he's got the Pharaoh of filth. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to come up with like names for the rest of us and stuff, but I don't know. I like that sort of Egyptian sort of Illuminati. It's the same as like all the Illuminati stuff. It's like all Egyptian, you like the pyramid and all that sort. Of. Mm-hmm. I like all that. Um, so I like that we've kind of gone down that route. Mm-hmm. And I'd kind of like to do more T-shirts that had more of that into it. But yeah. the Kiss T-shirts, the one that everyone seems to like, yeah. the one with the four faces. Yeah. Everyone's really like that. This was that was something that. <laughs> Lewis had no idea about no. The three of them were out somewhere. I think I was busy or whatever. The we were just hanging out in, in the <coughs> house and we were, trying, we were just like, oh, we'll come up with a t-shirt. And I was like, the poster of the, what show was it? it always raining and... Oh, it's always sunny and... It was always, it was, like the poster was a parody of It's Always Sunny, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like, the, the, the parody was the poster of them all with the kiss makeup on. Uh-huh. And I was like, we're getting it for that show. Mm-hmm. Why don't we just put us with a kiss makeup on? I was like, yeah. And then we got. It. I went home and I designed it all. I posted in our like, group message going, "Kiss T-shirt," just to remind me. And Lewis was like, "What's going on? Yeah. What's happening?" <laughs> I was like, "This what, what, kiss? What, who are we kissing? What's going on?" So, and then I turned up to the show and they've all got these kiss T-shirts. I'm like, "Oh, I guess that's what you meant." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that was the show we sold them in the ring. Mm-hmm. That was good. That was good. Joe, uh, Joe, loved about that was uh, at the start when Stevie said uh, before Christmas you all were promised a photo opportunity with a hardcore icon. Well, yeah. that didn't go too well, so now no. you've got me. I yeah. loved that. No, it really, it really didn't go well. So, uh, so yeah, but those t-shirts are the ones that everyone seems to be really into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which why we've to- had to get new stock of those ones because yeah. everyone's like. Afterburner, we did an after burn it down t-shirt that did really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen the thing, like, I've got that one myself mm-hmm. and see what like, what you were saying about, like, it shouldn't really be obvious it's a wrestling t-shirt. Like, this is if I see some of my wrestling t-shirts whenever I wear it, like, in a supermarket or whatever. I always get, like, people that are, like, intently staring at my chest yeah. and they're trying to read them, like, are you creeping at <laughs> like, what are you doing? And it's that one. That one and the Matusso's t-shirt, mm-hmm. they're always like focusing in on, like trying to read that, like yeah. they try to understand it, and I, and I just because it's love like that. as a, just as a phrase on a t-shirt, it makes no sense at all. No, you really have to know what it's no. about to understand it. But I like that. It's just like mm-hmm. nobody will go, 
Honestly, he's wearing a wrestling t-shirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. That's just, for, for me anyway, that, that's what I like. I don't like these. Although, I will say that if you're going to make it look like a wrestling t-shirt, make it look blatant. Have a picture of the guy in his in his pants like this. Yeah, like, see when you... Posing on it. Mm-hmm. See, like, when it's, like, the rip-off t-shirt where it's a really bad vinyl print, it's just a picture of John Cena. Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> that's good. They've taken the first stock image they can off of Google yeah. Images and it's just, like... Outside the WWE show, they're just putting them off like a wee, yeah. a wee towel on the floor. But, uh, but no, yeah, I, yeah. I, I do a lot of that now, so that's kind of that in wrestling is how I Could make some his your efforts as a designer before we started teaming I was wearing plain black kick pads plain black trunks plain black wrist tape mm-hmm. and that was me because then we started teaming and now I've got wee bits of like designs and logos and colour yeah. mm-hmm. like the shorts that we wear just now mm-hmm. <laughs> like I literally made those yeah. one night like it's literally just a pair of like TK Maxx Adidas shorts that I've cut Custom. up cut up our t-shirts and sewn them onto them so customise it I love it yeah, yeah. so it's like, like I've just cut them but it kind of fits with like the whole like grungy minky aesthetic that we've kind of got going on it's like if we were wearing super clean cut normal wrestling gear it really wouldn't fit in with the whole filthy generation yeah. thing you mm-hmm. know and if you watch WWE now most guys are just wrestling in clothes you know, yeah, like it's, it's the same as like it's it's come back from like the attitude era, you know, where it was like the Undertakers in jeans and the top, and you got the Hardy Boys just wearing jeans and a t-shirt, and like then there was a period of time where everyone was wrestling in like trunks and kick pads and trunks, boots. It was always like whenever a guy got called up for a long time, it was always black wrist tape, black knee pads, black boots, green trunks, super tanned. If he had a tattoo, it had to be tribal. Yeah, <laughs> but like that was a thing for a while and now it's come back to like Dean Ambrose is wearing jeans and a t-shirt Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt are the tag champs and neither of them are wearing green Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin are wearing patchwork trousers well Baron Corbin's now Constable Corbin Constable. Oh, he's just wearing a suit he's, he's a yeah. policeman <laughs> exactly so that's the new corporate cane corporate cane my favourite so where would be the best place for people to get your merchandise? Is the best um, contact you on Twitter or uh, where? Please, whatever you do, message Aspen because I will, know what's going on. I will forget. <laughs> please. So and it's we've, we've finished taking faith. Yeah, so we've finished taking pre-orders for the new t-shirt, but mm-hmm. we should have them within the next week or two. Yeah. We'll have them by Shugs anyway. In time for Shugs. Other than that, you can get my original Skull t-shirt. Uh, he's got a Renegade t-shirt yeah, those two a Kings of Cash logo t-shirt and Filthy Gen logo t-shirt Filthy Gen. Uh, they're all on Pro Wrestling Tees mm-hmm. on the Kings of Cash store mm-hmm. and Pro Wrestling Tees slash Kings of Cash aye, plug it. other than that I was I'm still not sure I'm trying to figure out whether we I'm gonna I was possibly gonna do like a red bubble store and just put up like once we've sold out of the designs in person they go up on there you know what I mean it's yeah like a back catalogue of these are all our old t-shirts means if anyone so. sees like an old one they like that we did ages ago they could be like oh, I fancy that and then yeah. for like more or less the same price we'd be selling at a show you can just get it on Redbubble yeah I'm just trying to figure out whether it's financially viable because like obviously they're going to take off some sort of commission off of it so mm-hmm. we're not going to get the full amount back mm-hmm. but would it make more sense to just buy them and sell them in person anyway? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but possibly, that's all logistics. Possibly that's going to be a thing where... Logistics, logistics. So possibly have, that's going to be a thing. We have a pro wrestling tease. Which buys more stuff off of there, people. Because I need to sell like 36 designs before we're allowed to put more designs on it because I've filled it up with four designs. Yeah. So we have that. <laughs> um, 
We have merch that we only have available at shows if we get a selection of like stickers and badges and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes got, I'll take a photo of my cat and print it off and yeah, he does that. And um, we Pokemon have cards. Yeah, I've got Pokemon he does cards. Pokemon cards for some reason. Wow, <laughs> sell Pokemon um, cards at merch. Yeah, we have. <laughs> so we've talked a, a lot about we've got a design coming up, but you can maybe expect a filthy generation design or two at Shugs Maybe that'd be cool. I think two. Two yeah. t-shirts. Yeah. Wow. Some stickers, maybe mm-hmm. badges. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Something. We'll have loads. Of, mostly we do it at shows. We are happy to say and stuff to you. But if you're gonna do that, I really need to reiterate. Please don't message me because I will yeah. forget. But the thing is, I'm trying to do is. There's always for me anyway. I want to do a filthy gen t-shirt for every sort of named show. Yeah. So you got Barra Mania. We had Filthy Mania. Shugs House Party. We're gonna have a t-shirt for that. Mm-hmm. And then. Fear and Loathing. Fear and Loathing. Then Square Go. Yeah, so we'll have like a t-shirt coming out, hopefully for all of them, so. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. So just moving on to my final main question. Now you guys have t- really taken to doing more Facebook Live posts mm-hmm. yourselves, sometimes with Sammy, to, with the Kingdom of Catch, as you're all called together. Is there anything media-wise coming in the pipeline that we should all get excited for? Other than doing like this, we are planning to have a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and just do like you know like the Kevin Steen show the best friends style shooting reels mm-hmm. where it's just like us two and basically a, a dude yeah. talking we, for like an we hour we want it to be where it's like the two of us sitting down with a wrestler and try to ask them as many daft questions that are not to do with wrestling as possible just just get a conversation for like an hour an hour yeah. and a half just to try and like on YouTube. we think it's a good chance for us to have a laugh kind of show people yeah. what we're like when we're not like wrestling all the time not throwing a ring yeah. around and it's like it's a good chance for other folk as well to like show off what they're like you know it's like if you look at like what being the elite for example has done it's given these guys a real chance to showcase their personalities and what they're like and their own act yeah they didn't need a promoter or anyone to do that they just kind of did it themselves and yeah. I think it opens up stuff like if it became a, th- a thing that people were into and it became almost like a series mm-hmm. then you're going to end up getting in jokes and stuff yeah. which then become part of your your in-ring act and merch yeah. and whatever else you know what I mean mm-hmm. so that and then maybe possibly streaming ourselves playing games on Twitch or something yeah. like we both love video games and do it anyway so like if we can I figured out how to stream the Playstation to the laptop uh, and do it like a us in the wee corner so, so, anyway, so. to all your listeners when we start a YouTube channel where we sit down and talk shite with random wrestlers, and when we start a Twitch channel of us sitting playing probably Fallout a hell of a lot. I'm thinking leave it until Fallout 76 comes out, because then that's online multiplayer. Yeah. We can just go on and Please, please go watch it, because really, we, we, just, we just want to be really over and, <laughs> you know, pretty <laughs> much, I can, yeah. I can now see a lot more wrestling moves coming out of all this, yeah. like the names and stuff like that, yeah. and the name of your channel. Being... I'm kind of hoping that it's like some stupid stuff gets over so we, have, we don't have to bother doing moves anymore. I know, imagine that. Just beat someone to death with a PlayStation controller. Not even that, just, just you know, just get the crowd to chant silly things. If you need any production tips or help, I'll, I could be your dude. Yes, there you go. Yes, sir. I'll, I'll help you out with that one. So, Aspen and Lewis, thank you so much. Yeah, this um, has been great fun. No, I'll, I'll absolutely love it, but in true Eat, Sleep, Soup, Plates, Retweet fashion, we always have our quick fire questions. Yep, so God. Throw them at us. Just your instant reactions. I'll do Aspen, then Lewis. Uh, oh, he gets more time to think, though. Okay, how about this? Alternate it. Should I flip a coin? 
Oh, well, I do the first question, he does the second question. Right. So we're not answering the same questions. Okay, so... That way, if I don't say something... That see, I would I would want to know what you two think. All right. Right, right so... Well, I'll, I'll go first. And I'll, do, I'll do A, B, B, A. Hud your, hud your ears. Right. my ears. So, okay, so A, L. So, A, L, L, A. So, see what I just did there? Right. So... Right. I can't see. <laughs> Glasses. Aspen. Rock or Austin? Uh, Austin. Lewis. Rock or Austin? Austin. Lewis, night in or night out? Oh, night in. Aspen, night in or night out? Night in. Aspen, Cody or Omega? Omega. Lewis, Cody or Omega? Omega. <laughs> I love, just for our listeners, they're actually blocking their ears so that they can't hear it coming as they reaction. That's what I love these guys. questions. <laughs> what? I've lost track. Right. I think it's Aspen. Okay, Aspen, plug your ears. Aspen, PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation. Lewis, PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation. Lewis again, favourite wrestling pay per view? Favourite wrestling pay-per-view, uh, SummerSlam. Aspen. Favourite wrestling pay-per-view? Uh, Rumble 2001. Lewis. Oh, oh no, Aspen. Oh, sorry. God, I'm so confused. <laughs> it's me, it's me, it's me. Aspen. Trish or Lita? Uh, Lita. Lewis. Trish or Lita? Trish. Lewis again. Favourite venue you've wrestled at? For being cool, Hydro for sentimental reasons, Barrowlands. Fantastic, I love that. Aspen. Favourite venue you've wrestled at? The Beach Ballroom. Beach Baldwin, love it. Aspen, favourite tag team apart from Kings of Catch or Filthy Generation? Uh, Young Bucks. Lewis, favourite tag team apart from Kings of Catch and Filthy Generation? Beer Money Incorporated. Nice. Lewis, again, biggest inspiration? In wrestling? Anything. Uh, on life, probably either Undertaker or my dad. Nice, I love that. Aspen, biggest inspiration, sorry. Uh, in wrestling or real life? Anywhere. You said the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, my favourite wrestler of all time. Ask me again. Pop or rock music? Country. Oh, you went different. Lewis, pop or rock music? Rock music, heavier the better. Heavier the better. Lewis, Team Rudo or Team Dallas? Um, I don't know. Pick your poison. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Team Dallas, because he pays me. Aspen, Team Dallas or Team Rudo? Team Rudo. Team Rudo. Yeah. Aspen again, favourite wrestler of all time? Chris Jericho. Same as me? Fuck yeah. Lewis, favourite wrestler of all time? Undertaker. I'm going to ask you both at the same time. Okay. God. Joe Coffey or Mark Coffey? What for? As a wrestler. Is your answer? Joe Coffey or Mark Coffey? Uh, Mark Coffey. Uh, just, Just because he said, Go. Um, He's never asked us. It's not like in context, so he just said uh, Joe Coffee, Mark. So I've just picked one, okay. Mark. I met Joe Coffee first. Joe Coffee. Joe Coffee. Aspen the Faith, Lewis Governor. Thank you very much for yeah, joining man. me today. It's been absolutely great fun. Make sure you follow them on Twitter. Yeah. I'm at Lewis C E Gervin on Twitter and Instagram. Please follow me because I'd really love to be one of those Instagram influencers that doesn't actually have a job. I am, I am the Aspen Faith on everything. There we go. Thank you very much for joining me, guys, and catch up with you again soon. We dominate the world. We getting paid for this? Listen, cunts, I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, whatever the fuck you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions, get on it right now!